Want to listen to this Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime and Academia episode ad-free? Head on over to our Patreon and join either the ITBR student or the ITBR professor level. Both levels of membership have a seven-day free trial. With the ITBR professor level, you also not only get access to all of our video episodes, like listening or watching Scream Part 2, you also get access to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room and True Crime and Academia book clubs. The book clubs are going to each be a one-hour private Zoom. I'm hosting the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Mary DePippi's hosting the True Crime and Academia ones. So if the ITBR professor level, you get access to all of our video and audio episodes, plus our book clubs. And make sure you download the Patreon app on your phone for such an accessible, easy-to-use way to consume our content. Okay, can't wait to see you all on Patreon. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby. And before you hear such an exciting episode, I want to remind you all that when I'm not here hosting the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, I am running my small business, the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, where I am consulting with clients. It includes academic writing consulting, social media, podcast, and expanding your media footprint. So I have clients I'm working on graduate school writing with them. I can work on thesis writing, dissertation writing, essay advice, college admission essays, undergrad uh, college advice, graduate school advice. I also am working on a client's small business right now and expanding her social media footprint. I can work on how to create a podcast with you or how to expand your podcast audience. I also can just help you expand your media footprint in general. So if you're interested in my consulting, I first want to let you all know it is only $30 for the first hour that I work with you on consulting, and then I'll set up a package with you then. So you can email me at ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com. Or you could go to our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And there's a consulting option under mem memberships. You can pay the $30 and then I will reach out to you right away and we'll set up a consultation. And then while you're on our Patreon, make sure you join the Ivory Tower Boiler Room and the True Crime and Academia Book Club. Every month, both myself and Mary are choosing books for our book club members to read. And we are actually polling our members on Patreon to see what books they want to read. And we're meeting with them the first week of each month. So if you want to join um, the book club each month, just make sure that you join on Patreon. That way I know who's joined and I can reach out to all of you and let you know when we're meeting on Zoom. Okay, so lots of things to do here in the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, and I can't wait to consult with you, join you for a book club discussion, and have you here listening to one of our podcast episodes. Okay, enjoy this episode.
Hey, true crime friends. Welcome back to another episode of True Crime in Academia. I am your host, Mary DePippi. I hope you all had a wonderful week this week and are looking forward to an incredible weekend. Um, there isn't going to be a news update this week. I, well, I'm recording this earlier, obviously, than it's being released, but a work emergency has come up, so I could not focus on getting that done. So we really will just be talking about the case, but I promise for next week, I will have a longer news update. There are a lot of things that I wanted to talk about this week. And of course, you know, I'm sure there will be other things I want to talk about that happened you know, next week. Like I mentioned last week, this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, We're mostly going to be talking about the psychological factors that occurred um, with this particular case and how they relate to, like, directly relate to the actions, you know, of sadly, you know, mass shooting um, for Cho specifically. So we're going to take a quick little break. And then we will get into part two of the Virginia Tech shooting. I am here with the co-owner of one of my favorite stores here in Port Jefferson Village, New York. It is called The Soapbox. So Janine said, Andrew, I have these four products you need to get your hands on. It's called Four for Fall. So she's going to go over these four products. I know first you have a soap for me. What is the soap? I I have a soap for you. It is called Apple Cider Shea Butter Soap. It's by a company called Greenwich Bay. And this is a great soap because you can use it for your hands or your body. And it has a delicious apple cider scent. And I think you're actually already familiar with it. Yes, it is in my shower. I still have it. It lasts a very long time. Great lather. The lather is wonderful. It's just so luxurious. And I love the scent into November. You know, this apple cider just, it evokes so many cozy feelings. After the soap, we have something that you can add on to in the shower. So what is this? This is a wonderful, wonderful um, exfoliating shower scrub. It is by a company called Primal Almonds, and it's a sugar whip shower scrub. And the scent is pumpkin spice. It's a moisturizing sugar scrub. So it's tiny little sugar granules. And it's something that you would use after you shower twice a week because you don't want to strip your skin of your natural um, oils and your your moisture. But it's wonderful. It just really exfoliates all that dead skin and leaves your skin very smooth and soft from all the, um, the sugar. So after I use the exfoliant right now, we need to moisturize. So yeah. I know you have a really nice fall body lotion for us. Absolutely. Um, this is just such a delicious scent. This is one of my favorites for fall. It is The scent is Orchard Breeze, and it's by a company called Michelle Design Works. Um, this is another product that you can use hand or body, hand and body. Um, it's great. You can place it um, on your vanity, just a couple of pumps for your hands or use it on your entire body, but it's shea butter based. So it's extremely moisturizing. Um, it's it's just wonderful. And the scent is just lovely. We need something more deep for our face. Everyone yeah. wants face masks. And I know that you absolutely love this company and this product. This is one of my favorite masks by one of my favorite companies that we carry and we support. The company is called Farmhouse Fresh and they're right out of Texas. The mask is called Splendid Dirt, and it's a nutrient-rich mud mask. Um, it consists of pumpkin puree, 
And the benefits of this mask, uh, it's a pore minimizer, a radiance booster, and a skin degunker. So it's an all-around great mask. If you really want a boost of radiance, it brightens your skin and it really cleanses your pores. If they live on Long Island or near Long Island, you know, what is your address uh, for them to come into the store? We're located at 18 Chandler Square in Port Jefferson, New York, right in the village. Um, and if you can't make it, you have to come in because we just have so much fun stuff in here. So many wonderful products. Um, but if you can't make it in, please give us a call. We're more than happy to um, ship any of these wonderful, all any of these wonderful products to you. Um, uh, call us at 631-509-1424. You could always um, reach us on Instagram at the soapbox NY, or you could always um, check us out on our website, soapbox NY. Um, and yeah, there's so many ways to access your so products ways to reach us. And Janine is more than happy. And Mariana, the other co-owner. My mom, actually. Yes. yes my mother. Are so willing to take your orders yes. via phone, via Instagram. And I can't wait for everyone else to enjoy these luxurious products. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> Sorry, I had to, everyone. It's Dr. Andrew Rimby. Happy spooky season and gothic and horror. Just all the vibes. I am so excited to talk about Broadview Press, who you might know helps sponsor our podcast. They're an independent publisher in the humanities since 1985. Did you know they have so many horror novels that you need to get your hands on? They have Frankenstein, of course, by Mary Shelley. They have Dracula by Bram Stoker, one of my favorites. They have The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson, Edgar Allan Poe's Poetry and Tales. Oh, they just have so many gothic novels that you all need to soak your teeth into. Bob your teeth into <laughs> some kind of Halloween metaphor is appropriate there. They also have academic books like Dr. Jeffrey Andrew Weinstock's The Mad Scientist's Guide to Composition. So if you're a writing professor out there, you need to get your hands on that. And they also have a gift package called Mystery Horror Sensation, which if you don't know what to choose, just choose the Mystery Horror Sensation gift package. Just a reminder, you get 20% off on broadviewpress.com, link in our show notes. Just use the code Ivory Tower, all lowercase. Ivory Tower, 20% off all your books on broadviewpress.com, all of them. I can't wait for you all to hear our next Broadview Press guest. It's coming in November. And definitely when you buy one of their horror or gothic novels, or books, just make sure you tag us on Instagram at Ivory Tower Boiler Room and tag them too at Broadview Press. I know they'll love to share it. Okay, everyone, be careful if you're reading in the dark. I don't want you to get too scared. Turn a light on. Bye, everyone. Hi, did I mention that it's spooky season? This is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and guess what? I have so many Halloween and fall designs and crafts in my apartment. And guess what? There is a person who's made me so many Halloween horror fall themed items. And her name is Mandy Bengal. She owns Mandy Made It, a craft crochet company. So Mandy talked to me and said, Andrew, I want everyone out there to know that if they mention ITBR and that they heard my ad, 
that I will give them a free ITBR t-shirt. So make sure you mention ITBR. An order from Mandy, crocheted pumpkins that she actually is using cinnamon sticks as the stem, which is a brilliant idea. How cozy. And also filling the pumpkins with potpourri. I already want to wrap myself in a blanket. She has Halloween keychains, other Halloween crochet designs. So how can you reach out to her? Go to her Facebook or Instagram, at Mandy Made It. Reach out to her. She will ship items out to you. If you live in the South New Jersey, Philly area, she'll arrange to have you either pick it up or deliver it to you. So Mandy just makes such beautiful crocheted items. And I'm so happy that she supports the podcast. I've known Mandy since I was a child. We were in theater camp together. That's how I met Mary. So the three of us have known each other a long time. Okay, head over to Mandy Made It for your handmade crocheted items for this Halloween and fall. According to the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, the definition of bullying states that it is abuse and mistreatment of someone vulnerable by someone stronger, more powerful, etc. Now, this is a definition that obviously most of us are familiar with, but I kind of want to take the time and focus on the language of this definition because about everything we're about to talk about in this, this the language, linguistics, English, that's the only thing I am 100% qualified to talk about as I have degrees in that subject matter. But again, just to reiterate, especially if you are new to the podcast and the series is the first one you're listening to, I am not a mental health professional. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist, uh, not a counselor, social, nothing. But I have taken college courses, classes um, in high school involving psychology it's always been something that has interested me like how the brain works and how certain um, environmental factors such as abuse can affect a person's personality and their psychology and things like that um so in some ways I guess I'm like an armchair whatever you know uh mental health person I guess I don't know but Again, just to reiterate, everything that I'm looking up, I mean, my sources are in the show notes. So if you have any questions, you can always refer to those. Um, But yeah, just to put it out there that I am not a professor at all, but this is something I'm interested in. And based off of the research that I've done, you know, this is where we're at. So anyway, back to the language part, the thing I am qualified to talk about. So the first word to define bullying is abuse so as I've outlined in other cases like Danny Rowling in particular abuse alters the mind of those that it is inflicted upon whether it's a chemical change in the brain or a change in the way that the victim sees themselves others or abusive situations generally um, personality disorders do come from some sort of abuse generally it's not like I said it's not always that way but in a lot of cases now the next phrase that we're you know that is in this definition is someone vulnerable by someone stronger now as we are all familiar with this does not always mean that the bully is someone with brute physical strength 
What's important about this part of the definition is that it's the perceived power imbalance between the bullied and the bully. Now, in some cases, the power dynamics may already be imbalanced. For example, the bully could be a parent. It could be someone in a higher job position. You know, in high school, it could be, you know, my family's richer than yours or, you know, the person's more popular, you know, whatever. But from what I've researched and what I really believe is that although these power dynamics exist in our world today, you know, in pretty much every facet of our lives almost, and I think in certain situations we don't really see these differences in power dynamic as a threat. But in cases of bullying, those power dynamics can almost seem amplified. I also think that sometimes and in most situations of bullying, like I don't think that as a society we see it as a power dynamic um, change, that one person is feeling inferior to another. And I think that's because we generally associate bullying with children. And with children, you know, amongst their peers, technically there shouldn't be any power dynamics because they're all supposed to be on the same playing field. But again, if it, you know, if that bully is more popular or smarter or their parents come from money or, you know, you can go through, you know, any pretty much difference that would put the bully in a position of feeling that maybe this person might be better than them and I think that's another thing too like when we talk about bullying amongst kids it's usually the bully thinks that they are better than obviously that is not always the case we do know that sometimes hurt people hurt people and that sometimes bullying comes from a place of hurt but the way it's represented in society especially like in film and things like that um you know I think makes us not realize the actual power dynamics of it and you know the perceive or the perception of a power imbalance between like I said the bullied and the bully now bullying obviously like I said does not directly result in a school shooting or mass shooting or any type of violence at all most common bullying correlates with major depressive disorders, anxiety disorders, and of course, rage. Now, in a study conducted by a Dr. Peter Langman, he found that of these school shooters at the time that he conducted this, 54% of the high school shooters were bullied and 45% of the adults were bullied in comparison to the 23% of college students who were also bullied. Now, this means that Cho fits in with a fairly small demographic among those who commit mass shootings, right? But, like we discussed in the first part, he was bullied in high school, and so I feel like it's possible that maybe that transcended over and he just had a break in college. Now, like Cho, most school shooters actually don't go after those who bullied them. In fact, staff and females make up of the majority of those who are victimized by school shooters. 
Which again, to reiterate, this does not mean that bullying is a direct cause of why some mass shooters like Cho commit these absolute horrific acts of violence. However, it is an interesting trend, I guess. In some ways, I wonder if it's a... And I hate to do this, but like get in the mindset there. But I'm kind of wondering if in some psychological way, it's kind of like getting back at those who maybe saw that they were being bullied and abused and did nothing. Um, but for Cho, I don't think that's necessarily the situation here. However, though, I do think him not being able to write the way that he wanted to by writing all those gory, horrific things um, might have set him off. I'm not 100%, you know, I can't say that for sure, but based off of the research that I've done, I think it could be some sort of, like, linchpin moment. I don't, you know, I don't know, you know. But the main reason that we understand in this case that Cho's violence was a direct result of his bullying is because he, like some other serial killers out there, made a, or mass killers, I should say, he made a manifesto that he mailed to the English department at Virginia Tech the day of his attack, which again is why I'm thinking that that conflict might have been a linchpin. But again, I don't have proof. The manifesto itself was 23 pages of multimedia, including text and images. Imagine that... You're riding the Turner Classic Movie Great Movie Ride in Hollywood Studios. It's in the 1990s. As you're journeying through the Great Movie Ride, you pass the Wizard of Oz, where all of a sudden you see the Wicked Witch of the West ascend into Munchkinland in a cloud of smoke and flames. Well, that's the memory I have with the Great Movie Ride in classic cinema when I was at Disney in the 1990s as a young boy. And ever since that, I was hooked on classic cinema. Well, my friend Christian Garcia, friend of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, has a podcast that you all are going to love. It's called That Old Gay Classic Cinema. And he looks at queer themes in classic cinema, like Vertigo, The Wizard of Oz, Sleeping Beauty, Mary Poppins, 101 Dalmatians, Hello Dolly. The list can go on and on and on. So follow him on Instagram at That Old Gay Classic Cinema. You can listen to his podcast on Apple and Spotify. And he also is on the premiere episode of our Queer as Folk podcast, where I'm re-watching every episode of Queer as Folk from 2000. And the episodes come out bi-weekly. So make sure you listen to his episode with me. And he's launching a rewatch show of Smash, where they're putting on a Marilyn Monroe musical. So he's going to be joined by co-hosts, a lot who are in the Broadway and theater industry, and I'm going to be on his first episode. So without further ado, get listening to That Old Gay Classic Cinema. Enjoy. LGBT stories are universal, but each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Do you have a story to tell? Or have you been moved by an LGBT book, film, painting, television show, or other form of media? Then the Gay and Lesbian Review wants to hear from you. The GNLR believes in bringing awareness to queer art and artists through reviews, commentary, and thought pieces in which the author relates their personal lives to a particular piece of art, a novel, a movie. In addition to the print magazine, the GNLR also publishes articles on its blog. 
So you can see all of this on glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Remember, you get 50% off your subscription of the GL Review magazine when you use the promo code ITBR50. That's 50% off your print or digital subscription when you use promo code ITBR50. To learn more about submitting an article for the GNLR, Visit their writer's guidelines. The link is located at the bottom of their homepage. And if you have any questions, email Stephen Hemrick. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot H-E-M-R-I-C-K at glreview.org. The GNLR and its readers can't wait to see what you have to say. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and I'm so excited to shout out the Gay and Lesbian Review, who is helping to sponsor the ITBR podcast. For all of you out there, the Gay and Lesbian Review is a bi-monthly magazine where you can discover new things about gay and lesbian literature, history, and culture, and the GL Review publishes essays in a wide range of disciplines, as well as a slew of reviews of books, plays, and movies, and a number of special features, such as artist profiles and their popular art memo column. Each issue of the magazine brings you consistently intelligent, lively, thought-provoking articles focused on a unifying theme. For example, their September-October issue centers on the theme, Cracking the Closet. So, starting the 19th century, a number of artists and writers found ways to crack the closet by expressing their sexuality between the lines or in the interstices of their work. For example, Ignacio Darnad, who is a friend of the ITBR podcast, he's been on our show, writes all about illustrator J.C. Leyendecker, whose work for Ivory Soap and Arrow Collars gave him plenty of opportunities to draw pictures of well-dressed and at times scantily dressed American men. And you also can find an article by Vernon Rosario, who has been on the podcast, and he talks about the quest for sex in the Middle Ages. So to subscribe, visit glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Click subscribe. So on their website, go all the way over to the right-hand side and you'll see the button subscribe. Click subscribe and enter the promo code ITBR50 because you're getting 50% off your subscription to the print or digital edition of the Gay and Lesbian Review magazine. I can't wait for you all to have your copy of the Gay and Lesbian Review magazine and make sure that you take a picture when your magazine arrives or when you're reading it online and tag the GL Review on Instagram and ITBR and we'll share it out in our stories. Enjoy your reading, everyone. In Cho's manifesto, he specifically calls out the church, specifically wealthy members, for their abuse of him and others like him. The tone of the manifesto, which I'm going to post some pictures of on Instagram for you, on a whole is extremely vengeful and rage-filled. He uses very violent language and phrases such as, quote, raping my soul, end quote, quote, committing social sodomy, end quote, quote, extinguishing my life, end quote, and many instances of being, quote, fucked, unquote, by these wealthy, quote, Christian, end quote, abusers. I mean, we all know I'm a retired Catholic, so I mean, like, 
I can see that. That's not abnormal <laughs> in the Christian Catholic community. You know, I'm not going to get into a whole religious rant right now, but, you know, they're all, most of them are hypocrites. Anyway, like I said, the language is extremely violent and sexual in nature, and there's no real evidence to support that Cho was a victim of sexual abuse. I personally just find it peculiar that he used sexual violence as a way of depicting the abuse that he was experiencing, but it also could have just been, you know, if he was this really creative person, that really just could have been the word choices that he wanted to go with, you know? Especially if for him, which I believe he does, you know, feels that that is the closest comparison to, you know, the pain that he is really feeling. On page seven of Cho's manifesto, he compares himself to Moses, like Moses from the Bible, Moses, which again, makes sense with his upbringing that he would choose that. But he says he's, quote, like Moses, I spread the sea and lead my people, the weak, the defenseless, and the innocent children of all ages that you fucked and will always try to fuck to eternal freedom, end quote. I'm sorry, I got really passionate in reading <laughs> that. Um, but, you know, you can really hear and his anger in this. And, you know, he really does feel that he has been wronged. And I'm not saying he's not right. I mean, you shouldn't bull- bully anyone, you know, let alone to this extent. And, you know, I think it just goes to show people don't realize the power of their own words. But again, like I said, you just feel the anger in this. But what I also find interesting is that he's comparing himself to somewhat like a leader. Like in this manifesto, he's definitely, at least in this section, he is basically making himself a leader for all of those who were abused, bullied, made fun of by these other members of the church that he went to and things like that. But it also gives me, this description gives me delusions of grandeur vibes. Last week we talked about how Cho got an official diagnosis um, from a mental hospital at the school and was given severe um, depression. So I'm just wondering, like, I don't know, Maybe it's possible that they misunderstood the severity of his anger and rage and overall depression. Or, you know, like I said, he was told to get treatment outpatient. Excuse me. And he we don't, we don't know if he did or not. So, you know, it also could have just been a deterioration of him not getting help. But, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that, again, I mean, obviously, like we said at the top of this episode, that bullying can cause major depressive disorders, you know, similarly to what Cho has. But again, I'm not a mental health professional. I don't know what he said. I mean, I feel like psychology can be a very tricky thing, especially if people are going to lie to you about their symptoms and things like that. So, you know, it's possible that he may, might have misled them. But again, like I mentioned already, 
He was also not, or we don't know for a fact if he was going to treatment or not. However, it seems like he wasn't. But that's just my opinion. Now on page 10, Cho ends the page by asking John Mark Cars and Deborah Lafavs if they want to, quote, rape us, end quote. Now I had never heard of any of these names before researching this case, so I had to look them up. And from what I've seen, if it is correct, John Mark Cars was a school teacher at the time, and he falsely confessed to murdering and raping John Benet Ramsey. But he was also wanted in connection with pornography in 2006. Those charges were dropped that same year, but okay, you know, like it is, it's weird. Now, Deborah Lafavs, on the other hand, was also a school teacher who raped her 14-year-old male student. I just, again, find it interesting that he's picking... I mean, he literally picked two individuals, you know, involving, you know, being teachers and also involving rape. Although their cases are, you know, different... It's still, like, the core is it involves a teacher violating a child in some way, shape, or form. And again, I have no evidence to support, but this is also very peculiar in his manifesto. And I again wondering if, sadly, he was violated by a teacher. Again, no, no evidence to support this, but again, it's just a very peculiar situation and people that you would put in with this you know now Cho ends his manifesto with the question are you happy now which has the same tone as Michelle Branch's song you know are you happy now it's just defiant it's angry and it's full of pain and I have sympathy for the pain and anger that Cho must have been holding on to and what he was feeling up until he went and killed his classmates. You know, I feel bad for anyone that has to experience such abuse, especially at such a young age, you know, when the brain is still forming and making connections and learning things. And, you know, I mean, just in general, no one should be made to feel any sort of pain in that way, you know. But when someone, like I said, you know, decides to take the lives of others in order to satisfy their own pain, like Cho did, that's just inexcusable. Like, that's obviously, understandably, you know, just known, understood, is inexcusable. It's not okay. You can't do that. And, again, it's annoying to see that he had access to mental health care and just didn't take it. And now 32 people have lost their lives and many more are traumatized by what he's done. So that is all I have for you this week. Like I said, I will have links and pictures of the manifesto up so you can take a look and read them for yourselves. Next week, we will be concluding the shooting at Virginia Tech or the Virginia Tech shooting So just to prepare you all, it will be, you know, it's not pleasant to talk about. It's going to be a little violent. Um, So prepare yourselves for that. And if that's not something you want to hear, then by all means, 
you know, take care of yourself and skip and go to the next one, you know, if you have to. But that is all I have for you this week, my loves. Do not forget to check out True Crime and Academia on social media, on TikTok, Threads, and Instagram. We're at True Crime and Academia. And on X, formerly Twitter, at TC in Academia. Also, you can access this episode ad-free on patreon.com slash ivorytowerboilerroom. For the price of a cup of coffee a month, you get an extra episode and all of these episodes, the normal episodes, ad-free. We are also doing a book club that will be on the 19th. We are reading Haunted Asylums, Sanatoriums, and Prisons. I might have butchered that title by missing up the order, (laughs) but that is by Jamie Davis. Um, So I'm really excited to get into that with all of you. Thank you all so much for listening. It means so much to me. I love you all. And until next week, my loves, I will see you all later. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby. I want to thank you so much for listening to the ITBR and TCIA episodes. Make sure if you don't, follow, rate, and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure you follow ITBR on TikTok and Instagram at Ivory Tower Boiler Room and TCIA on TikTok and Instagram at True Crime and Academia. Also, we have a brand new Patreon membership system. So I just want to explain it to you all quickly. So if you want to become an ITBR student, it is $5 a month. You get ad-free ITBR and TCIA episodes and video interviews. If you want to become an ITBR professor for $10 a month, you get all of those ad-free benefits, but you also get access to both the ITBR and TCIA book clubs. You can join both book clubs, get ad-free episodes, plus you're going to get all of our extra video episodes. So I am re-watching Queer as Folk. Christian Garcia from That Old Gay Classic Cinema is joining us, and he's re-watching Smash. Um, Mary is going to start to re-watch shows as well. You even get access to what I'm calling the ITBR teaches. So if I'm recapping a movie or a TV show, including Barbie, um, Halloween movies and horror films, you get access to that as well. And then I also am offering consultation services. So for $30, you get your first initial consultation with me. It's a one hour private Zoom. I will help create your podcast, your media brand. How do you navigate academia as an undergrad or a grad student? Do you need help with technology? It could be teaching tools, Spotify for podcasters, video editor software. Do you want to expand your social media presence as an artist, writer, podcaster, or academic? Do you want help on how to create a public humanities identity like I've created for myself? So I now I'm offering that consultation service. You can find more info about it on Patreon. And you also can join our book clubs. If you want to just join the ITBR book club or the TCIA book club, you can do that for $4 a month. Patreon.com backslash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Thanks to the team, Mary DePippi, our chief contributor. And thank you to our two new interns from Stony Brook University, Jonathan and Sarah. Bye, everyone. Until next time.